It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. This is is the Go Birds Podcast. Birds podcast presented by Parks Casino and Sportsbook. Elliot Shore Parks, James Seltzer with you. Elliot Shore Parks does not have to get on a plane the rest of this season. Mm. How about that, buddy? Yeah, it's a good thing. Look, going on the road is always fun. Fans of Philly always does a great job, but got to say, now that you know it's about to be Thanksgiving, it'll be Christmas season, I can get my Christmas decorations up, like... I'm good not to be away any more weekends. Obviously, day trips to New York and Washington, but those aren't those aren't really uh, away games. And it is crazy. Like they won't be on a plane anymore. Like we, you know, we talk so often about the advantages in this schedule and how you know things now could potentially be breaking their way. Like they are not only don't get on a plane, they still have their bye week. So like you know, a lot of things uh, kind of coming up, Elliot, and coming up, Eagle. <laughs> One and the same, buddy. Right? I mean, exactly. I... Well, it feels that way after oh, the off season. So oh, look at you. Uh, it's true, right? It's true. No one has yes. been more connected with uh, the Eagles needing to do well this year than you. I'm with you. Uh, and look, they slowly might be coming around. Look, we'll they say. are, they are, they are certainly in it. We'll get into it later. We'll get into the importance of this upcoming game against the Saints. It is, without question, the most important game of the season, like by miles. You know, the the you look at the number just from a numbers perspective. Like, I think right now they have a 26 percent chance to make the playoffs, according to 538. Yeah. It jumps to 40 percent if they beat the Saints. It's 57 percent if they win the next two games against the Saints and Giants, which are obviously. Very doable. So, uh, yeah, it's really fascinating where they're at and, and whatnot. We'll get into the, the playoffs of it all and, and the importance of this game in a little bit. But I want to start with with kind of what the biggest news of the week has been. And it's been the return of Miles Sanders. And it looks like Sanders is going to play. He's back in practice. He's activated off the IR. The 21-day window was open and all that. And there's been a lot of consternation about it, Elliot. And a lot of people kind mm-hmm. of 
you know, debating, discussing, you know, the idea of, look, I, you and I are on the same page when it comes to the fact that we both think Miles Sanders is the most talented running back on the roster. But, you know, there are a lot of people who are saying, hey, man, like the Jordan Howard Boston Scott thing works. Like, don't mess with it. This is they've been the best running team in the sport for a month. Like, why would you do anything different? These guys hit the hole, all that type of stuff. Where do you come down this whole Miles thing, how they should mix him back in? What, and are you concerned about the idea, even though we both think, you know, Miles has to play, he's talented, but the idea, I mean, I also, while I think Miles has to play, I also can sit back and hear people say, why would you mess with something that's working? And be like, yeah, you know, that's pretty fair too. I get it. So, so where do you come down this whole thing? Yeah. So, you know, before the pod, we were, we, we were talking about what we're, what we're going to discuss on the pod and Whoa, you were like, we're on the same letting side. Letting people know that we're talking about what we're going to talk I about. I mean, geez. I just like, like a game plan. completely, completely destroy the myth of this whole thing yes. there, Elliot. Yeah. Behind baseball, right? So, Inside. Can you um, get it right once? Inside I know, baseball. I All right. Here's what I was going to say. So I feel like you you're trolling me with this at this point. I'm not sure. I know. Well, you'd, you'd be surprised. <laughs> I, did a, I did a hit earlier in New Orleans, and um, I, I wanted to say the term, what is it, like a treasure trove, is it called? Sure, like sure. A, but I did a, a Trevor chest. And, <laughs> so. and they were like, uh, they were like, oh, like Trevor Simeon. And I'm like, yes, thank you for that lifeline. I love um, that. a Trevor chest. Yes, not great. But what I was going to say was we we kind of talked about it. And we said we're on a bit of the same side. Um, but I, I've been saving this take for the pod. And so I'm going to, this is a surprise. I surprise. love when you save takes for the pod. It makes me feel warm and fuzzy. I'm guessing it makes the listeners feel warm and yes. fuzzy. And you're talking all the time on the radio exactly so yes. appreciate lay it on us so i do think when miles is back you play him and you give him the ball but there's just a little part of me that's like maybe wait a week you know like, <laughs> like everything everything's clicking for the eagles right now they're going against a really tough opponent you go into after this game you have the giants the jets like really bad teams coming up where i think you maybe potentially easier to like work him back into the offense. I also think it's really tough to ask miles to come back and play against, you know, one of the best run defenses uh, in the league. So I, I would, it, look, if he, he ultimately he's going to play and I, and I do think he's going to get the ball quite a bit, but I, I feel like kind of what you said, like I can see the argument of like, hold on, like everything's clicking, like no need to rush him back, put team before miles. And I think maybe even miles to a certain extent might agree with that. I know he's a pretty like, unselfish guy, but there is a worry for me about putting him back in against the Saints as opposed to waiting and, you know, get these easier defenses to kind of get him going again. Yeah, and look, I get that. I get the logic of it. I think you mix him in, in and look, he's going to play, as you said. Like, Nick Sirianni's already said that when he's healthy and playing, he's the starter. It looks like he's going to be healthy. It looks like he'll be playing. So, you know, it's all kind of irrelevant what we think in that perspective. But I agree with you. I would ease him in. For sure, you know, he's going to play this week, but I wouldn't just, you know, give him 20 carries or anything like that. But on the flip yeah. side, like, I, I, and I get that don't mess with something. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. But I also, I, I flip that and say, like, hey, you know what? It probably would have worked if Miles were here, too. You know, yeah. they didn't do it when Miles was here. They did it for one quarter and he had five carries for 30 yards. Like, that was working pretty well. Like, he's faster. He's more talented than these guys. I think that for me personally, when, when he's, you know, when they, they really mix him in, I want it to be a Sanders-Howard type of combo because I think Jordan Howard has shown enough that he deserves to keep getting carries. And 
more so I think him and Miles do different things. So I, I think that you can, you know, mix both of those guys in. And on a basic level, I, I, I didn't understand why Boston Scott didn't play at all when when he was the third running back. Like, I would get all these guys involved. This yeah. is not a team that is overflowing with talented offensive players like Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard. And the running backs, like, that's it. That's what you got. I mean, we would love to see Quez do more, but at a certain point, you're just like, all right, well, you know, they're not going to get him the ball. They're not going to scheme for him or whatever And it he is. dropped that. I mean, he and dropped he dropped that, that ball, too. no question. So, like, at a certain point, I just look at this team and say, all right, I need playmakers, right? I need guys who make plays. And Miles Sanders is one of the few on this team you can look at and say, dude's a playmaker. Yeah, I think that Oh, I agree with everything you said. I, Boston Scott and Kenny Gainwell will be the ones that I would kind of start taking away their touches in favor of Miles. Obviously, Kenny's not touching it a ton, so you're more talking about Boston Scott. But I think we've gone a little overboard with the Miles Sanders isn't that good take. I mean, I feel like there's people out there now that are like, uh, you know, I'll, I'll call I'll call Tucker out, like my guy Tucker, the producer for Gilio. He tweeted like the Eagles record when Miles Sanders gets a certain amount of carries. And you know I'm a big quarterback win-loss guy, but running back win-loss feels like we've gone a little far now to try to uh, you know prove that maybe Miles isn't that good. And I think part of it is there's a perception that he's not as good as at reading the hole and just you know like hitting it like uh, Jordan Howard. Is. I wouldn't even and say part be, of it, Elliot. I would say I think that's a lot of people's issue. Yeah, yeah. And, and look, there might be some truth to that, but but you said it. I think it, it's a great point. Like he was very good against the Raiders before he went down. And that was when they started to commit to the run. Now he got hurt. The game got out of control. So it didn't look like it did against Detroit, Los Angeles, and Denver. But Vegas is when they were like, that That was the moment they started to run the ball. So I, he was good prior prior to going down. And also, like, I don't know, wh- when is this long stretch of Miles Sanders playing poorly been? Like, in 2019, as a rookie, he was very good towards the end. Like, he helped, helped lead them to the playoffs. 2020... Everything was a disaster with that team. Like Miles, Miles had drops. Like he did not play well, but he was playing for a bad offense too. And I think that when you put Miles in this version of the offense, he'll play really well. Like earlier in the year, it wasn't like he was playing poorly. He was barely getting the ball. Like I, I can't kill him if he doesn't look great on seven carries over the fu- over the full game. Like he's a guy that uh, I also think. You know, you look at some of these holes that Jordan Howard and Boston Scott oh, are getting. Buddy, and I'm not- who couldn't run, yeah. th- Elliot? You could run through. You would get yards, and you know how I feel exactly. about all that. But, like, that hole, the first play of the, the game against the Broncos, like, it's one of the biggest holes I've ever seen watching yeah, a football he gets, game. you know, 20 yards maybe, 25 or whatever yes. it was. Like, Miles My- Sanders takes that one to the house. I so, agree with you, Elliot. I agree with you. Yeah, so I, I just think, look, like, against the Saints, I would have a, a fairly quick leash. Like, if you put him out there— and he's not playing well. You can see that he's missing reads. He looks slow because he hasn't played in you know, close to a month or whatever it is. Yeah, then you got to go to Jordan Howard and Boston Scott. But make no mistake about it. Like, you know, Devontae and Dallas are very good, and they're right there. Like, Miles is a playmaker. You know, like, Miles makes people miss. He has breakaway speed. He did it literally last year against the Saints, you know, to put them up 17 to nothing. So I, I, uh, I understand the, the debate, but I just think we need to take a step back and say, like, Miles is still a very good player. I know that Boston and uh, Jordan have looked really good, but Miles is Miles is very good. And I think even Jordan and Boston would tell you that. Like, I don't even think, like, selfishly, I'm sure they want to continue to get the ball. But I think even they would tell you, like, yeah, Miles is Miles is that dude. Like, Miles is who should be getting the ball. And and I think that's that's what will happen. Yeah, uh, Elliot, I, just spot on from you. Dare I say a Trevor chest of great Trevor opinions here. Yes, a great exactly. opinions here. No, I'm with you, man. I really am. I think, look, I, I, you know, 
And and I do think again, I think Jordan Howard has earned touches. I think Boston Scott has earned some touches. But, you know, and again, because I think, you know, all these guys should be involved. And but I think you you nailed it. Look, again, to a basic point, this team doesn't have a ton of playmakers on offense. When you get a playmaker back, like use him. Make plays for him. Make him a focal mm-hmm. point in your offense. And Sanders is one of those guys. I will say, like, and we haven't gotten into it too much, but the the fact that that it took, I guess, you know, eight, nine weeks, ten weeks, whatever it is, for Jordan Howard to be on the active roster, and we've been saying it for multiple weeks, is is uh, earmuffs. One, two, three. It's fucking insane, Elliot. Especially mm-hmm. because you were at those practices, the the famed four and zero and all that, and. Yes. And all everyone who was at those practices we're talking about was what? Wow, Jordan Howard looks good, man. Jordan Howard looks fast. Jordan Howard's in shape. Jordan Howard came ready to play, and yet he languishes for for seven weeks or whatever it was until he like, I that I have an issue with, and that's a roster building thing and all that type of stuff. But um, I, I think now where they're at, you know, now that we're past that, you've come out of it with extra options. Use them. Well, what's interesting too about it is. The, you know, this this does kind of happen repeatedly with the team, right? You look at how many times late in seasons guys have come out and come up and played and played better. With Jordan, like, I'm trying to think of what the politics involved would be. I mean, I guess Kenny Gainwell obviously was going to make the team. Miles was the starting running back. Like, Boston Scott, they don't really have much invested in. I know they, they signed him to the restricted free agency deal, and in theory they're a little more invested in him than they are Jordan. But Jordan was great in training camp. So I, I don't know if this was like a coaching decision. I know that obviously Howie has final say and every decision is a Howie decision. But this one, I don't know if you can point to and go like, you know, this oh, isn't you can. Uh, Jalen Rager playing over Greg It's Ward, on Howie. You know? Yeah, you have to put it on Yeah, Howie. it's on Howie ultimately. Yes. But I'm just, you know, I think that the coaching's pri- coaching staff had a little bit to do with this. But like, it was a mistake. Like all around, whoever you want to put the blame on. Like Jordan Howard should have been active earlier in the year. And I have a side note question for you if you Ooh. want to move on from this, but it's yeah. a bit of a tangent. I want to get yeah, let's. I, I was going to move on in a second anyway, so let's tangent, and then we'll move on to my next thing. All right, so I was – this is a bit of a flex. I was talking to Seth Joyner this week, right? <laughs> oh, you want to hear yeah. a flex too? I too yeah. was talking to Seth Joyner this week. Wow. What, what a week for us. I know. Um, I know. <laughs> Seth's so, a great guy. Really, really good dude. Interesting question for you. When you talk about – just just offensive coaching. So I'm not talking about like Sirianni's head coaching responsibilities. I think we've both been impressed with how he's been in terms of rallying the team and the messaging and all that stuff, right? So so take that out of it. But if you look at if you look at Sirianni as an offensive coordinator and Gannon as a defensive coordinator, do you think the more egregious mistake between the two was Sirianni not running the ball earlier in the year? Like the the two mistakes you point to as Sirianni and Gannon are Sirianni didn't run the ball soon enough. And Gannon hasn't been aggressive enough, right? Would you agree on a on a yes. ready for it macro sense? Those are kind of what the, <laughs> the two main criticisms are. Absolutely. So of those two, like I think you can make an argument that Sirianni Sirianni's was a little more, or maybe even a lot more egregious because the personnel for this team was so fit for running the ball. Like you look at them, and you said it earlier. Like yeah, there's Devontae in Dallas, but. Devonte was a rookie in week one and you know dallas was just starting like the running backs the offensive line a quarterback that can be an impact in the running game like the fact that they didn't run it early on is so egregious like it could end up costing them a playoff spot gannon has been really tough to watch at times but at least we can both agree the personnel hasn't proven to be as good as i thought it's been more in line with with what you thought so i actually think for as much heat as gannon gets from a pure coaching perspective 
you can make the argument that Sirianni's mistake was a little worse. I don't think you can make the argument. I don't even think it's close. I think you're a hundred percent. I know how you feel about Gannon. I do, but look, but Sirianni has shown evolution, and I'm impressed with that and all that, but I don't even think it's a question. I mean, we talked about it was happening, but I mean, when fans at the stadium are chanting, run the ball, like, I've never seen that before. It got to that level of embarrassment, and to your point, it's not just the roster itself with the running backs, it's with the quarterback, too. Not just that he's young and inexperienced, but he's a freaking running like guy. He can run. Like It made so much sense. Like Every person who thought about the Eagles coming into the season is like, oh, they gotta do something Lamar Jackson-like, right? Like, some sort of offense that is based around running the football, running it with your quarterback, running it with your running backs. Like That's the heart of what you should be doing. And they didn't do it. So, yeah, I think it was – honestly, it's why I was talking about firing Sirianni so quickly. Yeah. Like, it's one of the most mystifying coaching decisions for an extended period of time I've ever seen in my life watching football. Yeah, and look, he he's adjusted, but I just think it's interesting. I think if you polled the majority of fans, like, who's done a better job overall? And, oh, you know, when you're judging Sirianni, yeah, you have right. to take into account the head coaching responsibility. So I still think and, I'd probably And again, the, the turn, like, I give him credit for whether or not it took too long, it did. I still give him credit for completely revamping his approach in the middle of the season and completely changing what they're doing on the fly. And I think that, you know, he deserves credit for that. Now, he deserves even more blame for it taking that long to get there. And like you said... They might miss out on a playoff spot because of that one thing, that one thing. So uh, he he definitely gets dinged for it. But I'm also on the flip side going to step back when he does adjust and when he completely changes and not just does it, but does it at such a high level. And granted, you know, competition, all that, there's a lot of factors in it. But you have to be impressed with the turn while also being equally unimpressed with what happened before. Yeah, and and you're not doing this, and I don't even know if I've done it, but I do think... Like, it's correct in stating that he doesn't, you know, fixing a mistake you made for seven weeks, like, ultimately, you don't deserve a ton of credit for that. But on the flip side, and to kind of completely contradict my point, like, people in the NFL are really stubborn. You know, how many coaches have we watched over the past yeah, years Chip across Kelly. all four Chip sports, Kelly. right, where, right, they don't make those adjustments, you know, like, look at Doc Rivers, like, you know, kind of the same thing has always hurt him in the playoffs. So, so ultimately, yes, he doesn't deserve, like, a heaping round of applause for it. But it's also not nothing, you know, like that, that you just said it like Chip Kelly's biggest downfall was he could not adjust that and he traded for Sam Bradford. But like, <laughs> you know, ultimately what, what did him in was he was he had one trick and that was it. And then once they figured it out, he had nothing left. Now, Sirianni's passing game at the beginning of the season would not really qualify as a trick. Right. I mean, it was it was tough to watch, but but he did. He did adjust. And and I do think that while, again, it's not, you know, coach of the year type move, uh, but we'll, we'll see, I guess. But like no, it, it is it is something that he deserves a cre- a, an appropriate amount of credit for. I, yeah, I agree. I think an appropriate amount of credit is the way to do it, I think. And it's not just that he again, I think to your point, like you can't really give him a lot of credit for when the entire fan base, when everyone on the radio, when everyone in the world is saying do something, everyone knows it's the right thing to do, and then you wait seven weeks to do it and then finally do it and it works. It's like, of course, we're not going to give you a ton of credit for that. I think it's more the credit of how well it's working. You know, it's not like they just flip the script and whatever. It's that they flip the script and they become the best team in football at it. So I think from that perspective, I give it a little more credit. You know what I mean? So another another question for you since i i brought the name up i don't want to get into a debate but just curious what Uh you think of the fact Uh that the eagles are 14th in the league in defensive points allowed. don't care don't care all right just curious cool that's it just wanted to know where you stood on it (laughs) what are they what are they against good quarterbacks i'm just checking 
Well, um, I'd be curious to see if you ranked all teams against good quarterbacks no, where they would saying, rank. They probably wouldn't saying, be very high. Just give me but. one. Just stop one good quarterback one time. That'd be cool, John. Anyway, JG. Yeah. Um, all right, let's get to Hurts because I think, and, you know, as someone who has been very pro Hurts, and this podcast has been very pro Hurts, though, one of the two of us did doubt him more than the other over the course of the season. I'm not going to say who. Not gonna say who. Hands up. <laughs> um, I think people are starting to get a little excited about about the progression that they've seen from Jalen. And wow, shocker! You start running the ball, it makes it a little easier on him. Ask him to do less; he's gonna look better. All that, yeah, shocker. Um, but has Jalen? What has Jalen done for you over the last you know 14 games uh, of his career now? We're we're 10 into this season, um, and he's starting to show real progress, at least in my mind. And you know, I think there are still the questions uh, that we have about. Um, you know, can as we've talked about it, and last week was as close as we've seen to it, certainly in that first half. But you know, can he throw them to a victory when they need it? Can he stand in the pocket and do all that type of stuff? Like we we are not sure about that stuff. But what we are sure about is that this kid is progressing and he is growing mm-hmm. and he is better than he was before. And that's what you're looking for out of this spot and this guy. What has Hurd shown you over the last couple weeks? And where are you like macro drink? Where you at? Where you at with Jalen Hurts right now? So I have some thoughts on Jalen himself and about the discussion about Jalen. Do you want me to do Jalen first, and then we'll talk about the discussion of Jalen? Sure. Okay. So in terms of Jalen, he's definitely improving, like no doubt about it, right? You look at some of the throws he made last week: the throw to Quez Watkins, the throw to Dallas Goddard. Like Nick Sirianni's talked about it a lot this week. That one thing they're really working with him on is staying in the pocket a little more and letting the play develop. And the Goddard. Pass was a perfect example of that. You you watch that tape. Not only does he step up in the pocket, he has two hands on the ball, right? Which is a certain quarterback would never do. Uh, that was just here, <laughs> and he waited for the play to develop and he hit him with a perfect pass, and he got 24 yards and a first down on a crucial third down. So like that that right there, like that snap is proof of Jalen Hurts uh, improving. I mean, Nick Sirianni said this, and I agree with it. Like I don't know if earlier in the year if he makes he probably takes off and runs right. So I think you're seeing that that uh his improvement that way I, what i like about jalen is he doesn't seem to make the same mistake twice like he misses throws but but that's not like a, a mental error that's just a bad throw so there's still that concern somewhat but the fact that as the year has gone on he's improved at the things the team wants him to improve on i think it's incredibly encouraging and the other thing about jalen is when you look like there's just not a lot of stats where he doesn't come across like at least average to above average like he's not top five or whatever but you know like he, there's a lot of stats where you look and you go like oh wow i'm surprised he's like 12th or wow look jalen's like 16th in that right um this one i believe it's pro football focus this one writer ranks his top 10 quarterbacks and he is jalen at number i think nine now in the entire league so like i think because of the pressure cooker jalen is in and i'm definitely guilty of this right like earlier in the year i like you know around the chargers game i, I thought he was to blame for that like there were stretches where i thought jalen was really bad and the fact that they took the hand, the ball out of his hands, I still think ultimately they're not going to win 2022-2023 by like by this style of football. But like you can't deny it, he he looks a lot better and if he puts the passing part together, if he improves in that game, like he literally checks every other box. Like literally everyone. He's one of the best running quarterbacks in the league. He's incredibly durable. He's a great leader. His teammates love him. He's played in big games. Like he's so smart with the ball. He he doesn't turn it over. Literally, the only thing holding Jalen back is becoming a consistent passer. And the fact that he's starting to make strides in that, I, it's incredibly encouraging if you're the Eagles. Yeah, I am. Uh, I, I agree with everything you said. Uh, I think it's incredibly encouraging. And 
I hope that the Eagles themselves are taking notice. And, and we'll get to the discussion about Hurts because I agree with you. I think it's fascinating. I think there is, um, it's a really, and it's been fascinating. You know, it's kind of, there's been a lot of people who are just blind faith. There are a lot of people who get really upset when you criticize Jalen Hurts. It's a fascinating yeah. thing. We'll get into it. But but I want the Eagles to take note because we've talked about many times, and, and this is even before Hurts has, has really progressed the last couple weeks, the idea that this team, the way this is shaken out, unless some sort of trade materializes and falls in their lap, that it would be smart to not force a quarterback this offseason. Don't go in saying, oh, we have to get the quarterback. Like, build the rest of the team. And if Jalen keep playing like this, like, it makes it so much easier to make that decision to ride with him next year. He's cheap again next year. Like, it just, it makes so much sense. And that's why it's exciting to see him taking these steps forward so that he can prove to the team that he's worth taking a shot on for another year and and moving this forward a bit and keeping your options open a little bit and not, you know, feeling such a pressure, which we know they did. Like, again, as much uh, at a basic level, no matter how much you, me, the fans out there, all that believe in Jalen Hurts, it doesn't matter. It's do the Philadelphia Eagles believe in Jalen Hurts on a basic level. And we, yeah. and we know they didn't. We know they didn't, at least not to the level that a lot of us did, for sure. With everything they've done in the offseason, with the fact they wouldn't name him the starter, with the fact they're constantly in on the Deshaun Watson stuff, with the fact they're in on Russell Wilson, with the fact that how he's out there scouting quarterbacks, and he should be. I'm, I'm fine with that. Like, I'm not, again, we've talked about that. But I think it's been pretty clear that the Eagles have not been sold on Jalen Hurts, and ultimately he has to get them to buy in on him. And I'm hoping that we're starting to see that because this offense is working. He does look good. And there are so many things like it's It's one of those things where, Elliot, I almost feel like there's, and it's it not almost. It's very clear. There's so much more to like about him than there is to not like. It's just yeah. a couple things that that we're not sure about are are important things, you know. So it's, I'm I'm really excited with what I've seen from Hertz. And again, to the points we made in recent weeks, like you can't discount the leg stuff. Like I know that that you to your point, that is not a, a long term. We're gonna win every year with it. And look, at a certain point, you get older and you lose that ability and all that stuff. He has to get better with the arm. But but man, he makes plays and, and the, the, yeah. the those big runs, all that stuff. And again, like just the the poise and the and again the growth shouldn't be like it shouldn't be just shirt size like, oh, he's getting better. It's like, no, he's getting better, which means he can still get better. Like there's a guy who works his ass off. Like you ex- I expect him to improve because I know, I know he's gonna put in the work to improve. Unlike other people we've had in this city in the past. So I- I'm with you, man. I'm I'm really excited about where Hertz is at. I'm excited about the potential with him. And I'm hoping that the Eagles are starting to see that maybe they don't have to to rush this thing the same way they thought they did before. Well, and I think what what's interesting to to keep in mind with Jalen is like what he's up against, right? Like when I when I listen to people talk about Jalen, it's you know, uh, has Jalen been good enough that they shouldn't go after Russell Wilson? Like, think about that question. How many court, like the Eagles have three first round picks, so they're in the discussion, but how many teams out there would swap out their quarterback for Russell Wilson? Like, like all of them, all, you know, I mean, not like, all, I don't but know, most, you know, I would say like yeah, all like but Patrick five Holmes, or something Justin like that. Herbert, yeah. Tom Brady, Rogers, like that's it. You know, there's not a ton. And, you know, obviously you take age, whatever. But my point I'm making is like, he shouldn't have to be better than Russell Wilson to be the guy, if that makes sense. You know, like like he's up against such – he's in such a unique situation that's so pressure-filled that, like, I understand – I under I'm okay with them scouting other quarterbacks. I'm okay with them looking into stuff. But Jalen is going up against two very hard things to convince a team not to do. 
One, trade for like a top five quarterback in the league in Russell Wilson, or two, draft a quarterback in the top five. Like more than likely, if you're in the top five, you're a team that is going to have a chance that should draft a quarterback. Like the Eagles are going to be a position where now I know Miami started to turn around a, a little bit, but like they, they have, they're going to have the ability to draft a quarterback if they want. So Jalen isn't, if the Eagles only had one first round pick, there wouldn't be as much talk about it because they wouldn't have the assets to do anything. You know, if the Eagles didn't have the Dolphins pick, like there, there would, that wouldn't be there. So I think the uniqueness of the situation makes it where every week it has to be like, okay, would you stick with Jalen? Would you not? Would you stick with Jalen? Would you not? And asking him to play at a level where you're going to say no to Russell Wilson is asking a lot. You know, it's asking a lot of, of a guy that is still in his second year. Yeah, uh, I'm a hundred percent with everything you said there, Elliot. Uh, uh, and again, like it's people have already been asking, and the team asking, expecting a lot. And we've talked about this so many times. But of a 23 year old kid who had played four games coming into the season, they were four games where he had no reps with the ones and walked into a hornet's nest of the Carson Wentz situation and has had to fight for everything he's gotten here, has been handed nothing. Like, give the kid a chance to grow a little bit. Like, it's not a crazy thought. Like, in a perfect world, and it, we say this all the time, but if he were the first pick in the draft, this wouldn't be a discussion. They would just be giving him these years. You know what I mean? I know right. he wasn't, and that does matter. But he's shown a lot, man. He's shown a lot more than Zach Wilson has or, or some yeah. of these other uh, super high draft picks, more than Trevor Lawrence this year. And I would still trade Trevor Lawrence, but like, you know, I, I, think, I don't know if I would, but wow, go. I like that take. Matt, I'm, I, I mean, I wasn't big on Trevor Lawrence before yeah. the draft either. Do you, you know, agree, like do you agree Max the number one pick if we redraft today? Um, Probably. I think Mac might be the number one pick. Anyway. That's a that's besides the point. But um, I was thinking about this. What if what if Jalen Hurts was redrafted? I think like that. A, year I think he's he a first round pick. I, I you think he's a first round pick. I absolutely do. Don't you? I think he's shown I, enough. I think he would be deserving. But to be a first round pick, you basically have to have a team tie your franchise to you. And I just, you know, I don't. I, I mean, I think he probably would be. But I, you're basically saying, would another team out there trade a first round pick for him? Essentially, is what you're saying. Yeah, and, I guess. And I don't know. You're right. I don't know if they would, but yeah. it's, it's different. It's the unknown. He'd be and all of that. It. He's been yeah. one of the best 32 players in that draft, without so. a doubt. Um, all right. Uh, I want to get to the discussion around Hurts, but first, download the Park Sportsbook app. So much action left this season, and and they have really done a lot with the individual player options. There are so many great mm -hmm. things you could bet on from an individual player perspective. Obviously, in football, you can bet on touchdowns, on points, on uh, you know uh, interceptions, all this kind of stuff. Touchdowns, passing, rushing, receiving, uh, yardage totals in, in uh, hockey. You can bet on goals in basketball. You can bet on points, assists, rebounds, all the good stuff. Single game parlays, baby. All the good stuff, and of course, just just Sunday action, football day. Elliot and I, uh, I, I think this week we're going to get it back. I, it's been a, it's been a couple rough weeks for the the old Parks Parlay. Hasn't been great. Hasn't been great. No, it not been good. Not it's been okay. Good. We'll bounce back. We're going to bounce back. I feel really good about this week. Parks picks pod will come out later in the week. Check that out. I feel really good about my picks this week. I've, I've totally reevaluated what I'm doing, and I'm coming in with a, a different okay. plan. So, so you want to tune in for that, but. Uh, Elliot, so I'll be copying your picks. There, there we go, Elliot. I mean, it just, yeah. just uh, if if you listen to this pod, can you possibly understand if someone has not downloaded the app and had some fun with us yet? It doesn't make any sense. No, to me. it's it's unacceptable. I mean, yes. again, as somebody that was not into gambling a few years ago and has gotten into it, like it's just it's just a lot of fun. I'm looking up the let's see, I'm looking up the player props for the Eagles Saints. I had this open a minute ago, so it won't take me too long. Game props, game touchdown. 
Let's see. I will pull these up when they are. I don't I, think I there's anything more interesting than listening to you pull something up and narrate it as you go. I'm sorry. It is just fantastic. No, I'm kidding. I loved it. I enjoyed it. I was I was sitting on the edge of my seat. And, yes. and you know, and look, that's the fun is is with you know, we always talk about fantasy and all that. So I mean people love fantasy and stuff. This is so much better. You don't have to worry about who's on your team. You can just go in and be like, I like Jalen Hurts today. I think Jalen Hurts is gonna tear up New Orleans. And you can bet on him. And you don't have to worry about any of the other dumb stuff that comes along with it. It is just such a fun way to to do this stuff. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. And especially late in the season, too, once you have a better feel of the team. So um, I'll be in, look, if Miles plays, I'll be interested to see what his over-under for rushing yards well, is. Well, we'll get into some of that on the Parks Picks Pod. We'll obviously make our picks, but we'll take a look at some Eagles props during the uh, the middle of that podcast. As well, and that's a beautiful thing. And of course, you do the live in-game betting, and of course, just straight-up bets, parlays, props, teasers, and more. You can do it all with the Park Sportswick app. It's easy to use. It's intuitive. It's safe and secure. And here's the deal: new users, if you sign up right now, you get your first best, first bet risk-free up to five hundred dollars. Just download the app or click parkscasino.com/pa and use our promo code GoBirds. That's G-O-B-I-R-D-S. To get your first bet risk-free up to $500, your risk-free bet is refunded site credit. The website has all the details. You must be 21 and present in Pennsylvania. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Just think you could gamble on these games, win a bunch of money, and then you got a Trevor Chest of money waiting for Trevor you. Trevor Chest, exactly. Might right. be the name of the pod. <laughs> Trevor Chest I of think, Galen Hurts. I don't think there's any question it is the name of the pod. All right, Elliot. Yes. Um, Back to Hurts. You wanted to talk about the discussion around Hurts. We've obviously dove into Hurts, where we're at with him. What do you want to talk about with the discussion around Jalen Hurts? So I think like with Jalen, it's important to point out that it's okay to change your mind. And I think this is true with a lot of like discussion right now with a lot of things, like especially with sports, politics, all those things. Like people get so dug in and they're not willing to change their mind. But like I think about Joe DeCamera. Joe DeCamera said a few weeks ago on his show. Like, he didn't think Jalen was the guy. He was like, flat out, Jalen's not the guy. It's just just not going that way. And now I listen to him talk about Jalen, and he's like, you know what? I might have been wrong, but, like, he's improving and all those things. And and I think that that should be – like, it's okay to have felt some way about Jalen a month ago and to now have changed your mind. Like, that's the best thing about the NFL. Week by week, stuff changes, and and you're allowed to change your mind. I think with Jalen – because of the situation it's in where it's like they have to make a decision, everyone gets put into camps, right? Like you're either pro-Jalen, anti-Jalen, or like you said Jalen wasn't that good after week three, so now you can't say he's good after week 10. Like this isn't Carson. Carson had five years of a body of work when he became a real hot topic, right? Like when, when, when we really started to debate Carson, there was 30, 40, 50 games of experience, uh, uh, you know, of, of sample size to talk about him. There's not that with Jalen. So like when Joe DeCamera said earlier in the year when Jalen was really struggling, he didn't think he was the guy. I think that was probably the correct read at the time. Like Jalen wasn't playing well. He was missing throws. He was unable to carry the ball through, uh, carry the offense through the passing game. And now I think like the correct read is, you know what? He's really improved and maybe he is the guy. And I think like you're okay. It's a, it's allowed. You're allowed to have both takes. Like we don't need to carve ourselves in a corner and then not change our mind because then ultimately what fun is that? Like I, I enjoy talking with people that I disagree with that are willing to change their mind because it's an interesting discussion, but it's, you know, it's no fun to just sit in the same corner all year and just yell at each other about it because then what are we really doing? So Jalen's a super interesting quarterback to debate. And I think that if you're, if you've changed your mind on him multiple times, like I have, like, I think that's the correct way to go about Jalen at this point. I don't think he's a player that you can really have a super, super firm opinion on right now. Yeah, I think it's a really good point. You can have opinions, you can have thoughts, you can, you know, guess. We can all project. We can all say, look, I don't think he's going to be the guy or I do think he's going to be the guy or whatever. But I think 
your basic point is is the most important one. It's that he is still growing. He is still developing. That who Jalen Hurts is today is very likely not the same player he's going to be one year from now. That's what we've seen from him. Yeah. The guy he was week two, week three at that game against Dallas, he's a different quarterback now. He has grown. He's developing. They're, they're, uh, the offense is smarter around him to use to his talents. Like There are so many different little facets of this and angles on this where, yeah, absolutely. Like we And that's the thing. And I think it really applies to, to talking about the Eagles as well, but I think it's more pronounced with Jalen hurts in this specific spot but you know we overreact every week we do and it's fun it's a blast and that's what we do and it's fun but like you know we were talking about with like the game last week with like it's such a week-to-week league now i mean the you never know who's gonna win any game any week to any week i mean the rams two weeks ago were like super bowl and then they lose two straight and look bad in doing it washington beat tampa bay the jags beat buffalo a couple weeks ago the jets who have given up like 150 points in their last two games or whatever, like 140 points, something insane, not th- or three games, whatever it is. That's not two games. I think it's like 145 right. points in their last three games. Something insane like that. If the like Jets have given up 145 in their last, yeah, it's three, three or four, games. Right? It's yeah. three games. And that they beat the Titans, who have two losses, one of them the freaking Jets, the best record in football, and they beat the Bengals, who are five and four. Like, it's a weird year. It's a weird league. Everything changes week to week. Matchups based, who's fired up, who's ready to play. There are so many different factors, and it applies to Jalen too. This kid is young mm-hmm. and growing. Like we can't just look at what he does one week in one spot and define him as that. And that's what we're well, learning. And the other thing too is like us as people that talk about the Eagles and to everybody listening, to people that watch the Eagles, like we should know this more than anybody. Look at 2017, how great they were at the beginning, and they were a completely different team at the end of the year. 2018, they were trash most of the year. At the end of the year, they were a completely different team. 2019, they were terrible. And then they were saved at the end. Like I remember early on in the season, because me and Jillio, I think, were the only two people to pick them to win the division. I was texting Jillio and I was like, man, that prediction's looking pretty bad. Like, you know, and they're not gonna win the division. But he said to me, he was like, uh, we'll just see in December. And I think that that is ultimately like what is what is the case? Like and because you look at what this Eagles team is now. If they beat the Saints this week and then the next game they play, so let's see, they'll play the Giants the, in New York. The Giants, right. But I think the, the next game they play will be in December or right around. It'll be November 28th. But like the, the team they'll be entering December will be completely different than the team they were in September. So I say it all the time on the pod. I enjoy the roller coaster. It's why I love training camp. I love the overreactions. I'm not like saying you shouldn't do that. What I'm saying is it's just so crazy how much stuff changes week to week in this league and how much like month to month, like a month ago, your opinion could have been correct. And now a month later, you could have the completely different one and that could be right too. So I just think the team we're going to see them be in December is a lot different. Yeah. I mean, look, I don't think they win the next three, uh, but if they did, they would be heading into their bye week over 500, you know? And again, this is a team we have talked about firing the head coach and firing the defensive coordinator. And I would still consider firing the defensive coordinator at the end of the season, depending on how this plays out. Yeah, like, I think that's crazy, but we don't. We'll, we'll see how the season so. plays out. Right. But, but ultimately yeah. the point is, is that the, and, and look, they're still just four and six. Like they're not good. <laughs> they're, they're, they're okay. But I, I, you know, I think they are a much, much, much different team. They were, and look, that's, that's what we fail to remember. And it's okay. Cause we react and it's fun and all that. But like we fail to remember it's that way every year. Like the Tampa Bay Bucks last year, no one thought they were like, what, seven and five? And then they rail off the rest and don't lose a game until they win the Super Bowl. You know, so like the NFL's weird and it takes teams. And, you know, I've talked about this for a year, the ideas of, 
of with the way that training camp and preseason games and all that is now and the lack of contact, all that, that it really takes like a month for teams to even just really get into into football shape and into figuring out who they are and all that type of stuff. So I'm very with you on that. That is clearly a different team now than they were, you know, at the beginning of the season. An interesting exercise. We don't have to do it because there's 31 other teams, but It'd be, I'd be interested to know like how many teams you would pick them to beat this week. Like you'd probably pick them to beat Jacksonville. You'd probably pick them to beat Miami. But like New England, the Jets, you'd probably pick them to beat. Like, I would I'd not pick curious. them to beat New England. Buffalo, I wouldn't. But I know what you mean. Yeah, I think it's probably like, like a, you know, the Saints are a good team. Like I, if they lose this game, I don't think it's like a super red flag that like everything else has been a lie, you know? Yeah. No, I know. I know. Speaking of which, let's get to that game because it is the biggest game of the season by far again just from a playoff percentage perspective and and yes it's not over if they lose to the saints but i think it, it is highly 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 unlikely they would make the playoffs if they lose to the saints just because you know well i don't mean it's, well, i mean well look all right from a i'm just talking facts because what i was about to say is if they beat the saints they have a 40 percent chance to make the playoffs if they lose the saints they have 11 percent chance so yeah. factually if they lose to the saints it is highly unlikely it was a 90 percent 89 percent chance they don't make the playoffs so it's just a statement of fact. Like if they well, lose to no, the Saints, yeah. I mean, they're in a bad spot for the playoffs. I'm not saying they can't agree. make it. It's not yeah. over, but it's unlikely. Whereas if they beat the Saints, it is borderline likely that they will make the playoffs. So it is a actual true pivot point game that the season hinges on. And I know you could say that about last week, but they won it. So now we're here. This is yeah. it. This is the biggest game of the season. It is the last quality team they'll play until the last week of the season and we don't know what type of Dallas team we're going to see depending on on where they're in the playoff seating and all that type of stuff it is the last legitimate playoff contending team you know I know the Giants and Washington are quote-unquote in it but I think they stink and I don't really think they're in it um so you know this is it this is the this is the biggest game of the season it's at home they have not won a freaking home game where are you at with this game heading in again just the most massive game of the season with true playoff implications yeah and yes you are right there huge playoff implications and this is going to sound a bit counterintuitive because obviously if they win the game then they're prop they're probably making the playoffs but i also think this is such a huge game just as a check mark right like to your point they haven't won a game at home this would probably be the best team they've beat all year because i think the saints are better than the broncos like it, 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 there are huge, uh, there are huge playoff implications. It's a huge pressure situation. The Saints are really good stopping the run, so it's like they're either going to show they can run it against anybody, or Jalen's going to throw them to a win. And I think if they win this game, like they are probably going to make the playoffs. But if they win this game and don't, that would that would be disappointing. But I think this is such a good chance to see where this. And I'm going to sound like a college person now, but like to see where the program's at, right? Like to see, <laughs> to see wh- where the franchise is. Like if they win this game, I would compare it somewhat different circumstances, but somewhat to the Doug and Carson win over Pittsburgh in week three, back in 2016, where like they didn't end up making the playoffs, but that game showed you like, okay, like we, like the Eagles have something here, you know, like between Doug and Carson, like there's something positive to feel about with that and to feel good going into next year. And I, I think uh, that this win would be, would be similar. Now, much bigger playoff implications, obviously. But I think just from a perspective of how do you feel about Sirianni and Hurts, and then if you want to include Gannon in there, whatever. But mostly from like the quarterback head coach position, if they can win this game, I think it's such a good indication of where they are. I I think it's a, a good um, – obviously, it would be a big win for them and stuff. I, I, I understand your point. I'm not ready to go there yet. I think it depends on how they win it and all that. And I also don't think – like, as much as I think the Saints roster is obviously very good, 
I mean, they'd still be beating Trevor Simeon at home. Well, like, but, I can't. But I can't what I would say to that is like that. Trevor Simeon. He's fine. He's done it. He's done a nice job for them. I think he's solid. Like, yes, he came into that game and beat the Bucs. He, he played well against the Titans. He's yeah. fine. But like, I'm not going to be like, wow, the Eagles are are set for the future. Sirianni is the guy. Hurts is the guy because they beat the Saints at home. To the point you just made, like, it's okay to not overreact to this game. We can have fun with it, but I'm not going to say they're set and their future set if they beat the Saints at home on Sunday. Like, I think that's going too far, don't you? Well, again, like, I, I wouldn't say, like, I would lock it in. They're like, blah, blah, blah. but I just, I think if they win this game, it's a very good indication of, of where they are at. You yeah, know, like. I, I say, I'm not, I don't look at it from that macro. Drink well, the sense. Saints are very good, though. The Saints are five and four, man. Like, let's not get carried away. Yeah, but I, I think, I mean, I, I think, like, their defense is really good. They're yes, seventh they in the league in points good, They have a very good defense. I think they're a very talented roster, but they have Trevor Simeon at quarterback, who is, Definitely a bottom five quarterback in the league, no matter how like solid and not horrible. He's not a disaster, which is good for them, but he's not good. Trevor Simeon's not winning you games. Would you rather face Trevor Simeon or uh, Taysom Hill? I mean, I think they both are are pretty bad. That's my point. Like again, like I'm not going to get like super impressed and say, like, "Whoa!" Like the, you know what I mean? Like I think you're taking it a step too far. I get your point. Look, and I think for this season. It does matter in the sense that I think they have a real shot at the playoffs if they can freaking win this game. I, I'm not saying they're definitely making it because, again, right. like, I need to, that's where, like, I need to see this team win five in a row before I'm starting to talk like that or four in a row or something. Like, they haven't won two games in a row yet this season, Elliot. I know, not, which is crazy. Right. So let's not get ahead of They've yet to win at home. They've yet to win two in a row. So, like, I can't, I need more. I need more of that. I need consistency. I need it over multiple weeks for me to start talking like that. But, Again, it is a big game. It would be their first time winning two in a row. It'd be their first win at home. And I agree with you. I do think it would be their best win of the season. Again, I just think that none of the teams they beat are anything better than fringe playoff teams, which is what these teams are. The Saints are a fringe playoff yeah. team. Denver's a fringe playoff team. You know what I mean? So so I can't go as far as you did, but I do think it is a massive game for Sirianni and Hurts from the perspective of growth, from the idea of you get this type of win, it really does kind of, move you forward and give you some confidence. And, and, and again, you're then all of a sudden in a, in a real playoff picture and you're fighting for a playoff spot in terms of, of that type of experience and, you know, what that does for Hertz and, and Sirianni from a growth perspective. I think that can have great value for them. But I'm not making any grandiose sweeping statements. At, I mean, look, if Hertz comes out and throws for four hundo and they look amazing, like I'm sure I will overreact in the moment. But I, I can't well, to the conversation we right. just had, to the conversation we just had about it's okay to not know about what Jalen Hurts is yes. long term. I think we're still there no matter what happens on Sunday. I think maybe I'll rephrase it as saying this is a chance for that, right? Like, like maybe it's not the cemented, like, okay, but I think they have a chance to make a real statement on Sunday. Like if they I know the Saints are a fringe playoff team, but like most of the league is a fringe playoff team, right? Like how many teams aren't? Like just like division winners and maybe the one wild card. So like if they can play, if, if they can beat the Saints and then you will have beaten like, you know, the Falcons who are ahead of them or potentially not, you know, if the Falcons lose tonight versus the Patriots, like you'll beat in the Panthers. So like, I, I just think this would be a, uh, it's a real chance to make a statement for Sirianni and Hurts. I guess I, is what I'm trying I, yeah, to say. I think it is. And I agree with that. I just can't go too far with it, but I agree. I think it's a, look, it's a big spot. It's by far the biggest game of the season. I don't think there's any other way to put it. And it's a big spot for Sirianni and Hurts. Look, get, get a home yeah. win, guys, get a home win. Right, I mean. So uh, for, from our perspective, I'm happy it's a one o'clock game because it's it's just an easier workflow oh, day. Static. But man, a four o'clock game would be perfect for this game. Nah. Like, you know, like it, it's dark nah. right after the first quarter. Like the nah. lights are on. Like I mean, that. look, it didn't work out for us last time. Chargers was four o'clock. I don't need that. Give me yeah, one. Yeah, they almost beat the Chargers. They did. 
He did. I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm I'm a strong pro one o'clock man. Like I, I don't need I don't need. A I do too. Game. I'm just saying yeah. there is something cool about under the lights. Yeah, I get it. It feels a little bigger. There's less games on at the same time. More people watching. All that. I get it. I, I, look, I, I, it's fair. It's a fair point. I'm happy it's won. But ultimately, look, it's a big game and it's a meaningful game, which is something that, you know, three weeks ago I didn't think we would be having any of. So that yep. alone, you know, the fact that I care about a game from playoff perspective matters. And when you look at where they're at, like just taking it back a step and looking at the playoff perspective, to Elliot's point, like, I mean, they really do have a chance if they win this game. You know, the Saints are the sixth seed as of right now. Carolina's the, the, the seventh seed. If they win this game, they will have beaten both of those teams. They have a win over Atlanta. The loss against San Francisco hurts after San Francisco beating the Rams. You know, that's a concern. Seattle with Russell Wilson, but but they have a worse record. You know, really, yep. and, and a harder schedule. Minnesota, I think, is a better team, but has the hardest schedule. The bunch, them or Carolina. Carolina's schedule is really tough, too. Like, the Eagles combined with how they're playing right now, if they can get this win on Sunday with, obviously, as we've talked ad nauseum about, but for a reason, the schedule they have coming up, they're in a really great spot. Now, again, like, no matter what year it is, Giants games are close. No matter what year it is, Washington games are close. Like, I'm not... I don't think it's a lock that they can sweep those teams or win three of four against them. Like, so like I could still see them being better than the Giants and losing one of those two games. Them, I could still see them being better than Washington and losing one yeah, of those I mean, two. To your games point, they haven't won two games in a row. So exactly. like to say that they can exactly. win seven of eight or whatever, yeah. six of seven is asking a lot. So I think team. it's still up in the air and all that. But but I do think that if they can win this Saints game, to your point, you were just making forgetting Sirianni and Hurts. I think as a team, and obviously those guys being the front men in a sense of of why you win or lose. I think it is the kind of game that could really, could really get them going. You know, could really give mm -hmm. them some confidence yeah. and let them think. Oh, you know, I'm, ex we I'm excited for this. it, man. Like it I gotta be. say, after like being so ugly for a while, like I'm excited to get down there, do the pregame show, like have the environment. It's a, I mean, it's a huge game for this franchise. It really is. It's a massive game. It's exciting. I can't believe they're actually playing one that matters. Um, it's just, you know. It's big, man. It's big. Uh, all right, we're going to make our pick in a sec. Uh, real quick, uh, we've, uh, again, been been somewhat delinquent on our, our reviews. Get the five-star reviews in. Five stars only. When we get to 2,000, we're going to take the SATs and make fools of ourselves. We're getting close. We're moving there. So get your reviews in. Our deal with you, if you, was, give, yeah. if you give us a review and ask a question, we'll answer it. Whatever it is, no matter what. So There is one it. review because I've been writing them all down. We'll do them all kind of at the same time. But, like, Someone brought up an interesting point. Is it a distraction to the kids in the room if we take it with them? Like, are we, like, hurting people's college chances? Uh, dude, I mean, you think that they're going to know who we are? I mean, you're you're making no, it. No, we're going to be too, like, you know, you're 40, I'm 34. They'll oh, probably I... be like, what are these fucking weirdos? My, oh, my sorry, guess... earmuffs. Earmuffs, yeah, way to go, Elliot. Uh, everyone gets mad at me all the time. Let's not forget. I know, all my right, bad. I'm the one on who me. always gets the crap for this. I've got my, my <laughs> one, two, three count. Thank you to the guy who suggested that. What a great idea. Um... So uh, I think that I think there are old people who take the SATs, right? I don't know. Yeah, like, that's a good point, actually. Like a, was, he would just made an interesting point, but I feel like, like I guess you can take worth. it at home, for, you know, with like a tutor. But the whole bit, I feel no, like no, 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 we're going. going no, 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 we're going there. That's the bit. We gotta. They, we have to have pain for this. Like the whole reason that people are doing this is so that we suffer and have to be the old idiots who go. I will say, and this is not a, a toot our own horn type of thing. We both look younger than our age. So I do think we have oh, that for going sure. for us. I, I definitely could pass as a high school. Not you, that I would you, ever try yeah, to pass you, as a high school kid. But I, you know, I think I'm yeah, close. Yeah. If you're, if you're like, you know, get the hair cut short and kind of like. Yeah. You could, shave my yeah, little whiskers shave off. Shave your yeah. little whiskers off. Like you would definitely look. Yeah. 
and I can look young too. So you could probably pull college off. High school, I I, be yeah. Close, I, too too many gray hairs for high school. I'd be the weirdo in you high have to school. Die. Yeah. Yeah. You wear a hat, you know. I can wear a hat. It's a good point, Elliot. I like that. Either way, but you got so much dad vibes now. You know, like, I just don't <laughs> I know. know. I just I like I'll walk in the room and be like, "That guy's a dad." I could tell. Exactly. Yeah. It's great. I love so being a dad. I'm game. happy to identify as a dad. My daughter rocks. She's the best. Yes. Can't get enough. Hundred percent. I can't get enough of her, Elliot. I I I. I don't blame best. you. The best. Sweet kid. Um. Yes. Let's pick the game. Um. Eagles. Uh. You know, we'll pick the line. We'll pick it, and it's so close anyway. It's basically a, almost a pick them in terms of for us. Right. But we'll officially pick it for the um, Parks Picks Pod again. But but you know, just talk it out. Where are you at with this game? I just can't pick them to win. I can't. Like, there's just too many things that you're going to have to show me that they haven't shown me yet. Like, I think one thing could happen. I think another thing. But like, they're going to have to put together a lot. They're going to have to run the ball against the best running team in the league. They're going to, if they can't do it, Jalen Hurts is going to have to really, really throw the ball. Like, and he did against the Broncos, don't be wrong, but he only threw it three times in the second half. Like, it's going to have to be more of a complete game from Jalen Hurts. Like, Nick Sirianni, and I know he's not going against Sean Payton, but like, to that point, actually, Jonathan Gannon's going to have to outcoach Sean Payton. Like, Nick Sirianni as a head coach is going to have to outcoach. They're going to have to win a game at home. Like, as impressive as they were against the Chargers, and I think you left that game feeling, or, you know, people should have left that game feeling good about where they're at. Like, they lost that game, you know? So I, I think it can be close. It would not surprise me if they won. I'm not saying that as a cop-out. I'm like 60-40 Saints, but I just I can't pick them to win. Too much has to go to go right. And look, Trevor Simeon's played pretty well for them, you know? So if, if they give up 40 points to Trevor Simeon or 35, like I'm not going to sit here and say he's been playing well. Like that's unacceptable, but he has been playing well. So I don't think – I think it's a little different than going against a Sam Darnold, if that makes sense. I – did not see this coming. I really thought you think they're going to make the playoffs. I thought you would think they have to to win this game. What I didn't see coming even more is is I think they're going to win on Sunday. Wow. Okay. Yes, I think they're going to win. I think you're overrating the Saints. I know they got a nice roster, but I think Simeon is me- below mediocre. I think they'll be able to get to him a little bit. And I just think the Eagles have something cooking right now. Like I, I think there's something going. The funny thing is, I feel uh, let's put it this way: I feel better at this game at home against the Saints than I do in New York the next week against the Giants because I just wow. think okay. Eagles Giants, and I think the Giants stink, but Eagles Giants, you know, every year last year it was the they won twenty two to twenty one. Sure, it's not the Jets next. You keep it's saying not, the Giants. It's you... Giants then Jets. Yes. Okay. Cool. I'm right. I'm a hundred percent positive. Now you're gonna make me look it up, but I'm I was I'm on, looking it up right now. Look it up. So. I'm like ninety nine. It's point, the Giants. It's I the thought Giants. so. I I was a hundred percent until you, who covers the yeah. team, well, said it. I was like, oh crap, hours. is yeah. he right? I mean, he covers the team. My bad. Yeah. <laughs> All right, awesome. Um, Here's what I would agree with you on, real quick. It, yeah. This is definitely like a game where I think you have to read the moment as opposed to the to the X's and O's. So like. You thinking they're going to win, like, would it doesn't surprise me because I do think this feels like a crescendo of sorts. The question is whether they can pull it off. So I agree with you. Like, they probably have a better chance losing to the Giants next week because this feels like a like a real moment they're going to be up for. I just I can't pick them, but I, I don't blame you for for picking them. I like that, and I, and that's kind of where I'm at. And I'm much more nervous about next week. And again, look, I could they lose at home to the Saints? Absolutely. But I think it's time. I think they get their first home win. Look, I don't think they're going to win at home this year. And I know they have a, a couple easier games against the Giants in Washington, but I don't think they're going to own five at home is the point. Like, I, I think they win yep. this game. I think they handle the Saints. I think it's a close game. I don't think they blow them out or anything like that. I think the Saints are going to want to beat Hurts. Hurts beat them last year. I think there's a lot of aspects to this. But on a basic level, like, 
I'll take Jalen Hurts over Trevor Simeon, like flat out. I will take yeah, Jalen Hurts over point. Trevor Simeon. And I think, again, I think the Eagles have something going right now. And I think that while the, the Saints have a good run defense, I still think the Eagles can move the ball against them. I mean, Ray Dinger this week, and Ray is not one for hyperbole. Ray Dinger said the Eagles have the best run-blocking line in the NFL right now. And he said it flat out. And I think he's Dickerson right. Guy. Yeah, that, That's where I was about to go. I was going to give Stokes Carrigan a shout-out and my other Dickerson guys out there. It has been a good time a lately. Good yeah. To be a Dickerson guy, I feel so good about that call. Honestly, I, I, I'm so sure about this guy. I was so sure then. I'm so sure now. The draft's looking good this year. I think he's a perennial All Pro. Like I, I wow, freaking right. love this guy. I'm so in on Landon Dickerson. So, um, yeah, I'm pumped, man. I think they got something going. I think they got a little nastiness down there. I think, you know, the Saints are a little beat up. Kamara's probably going to play, but he's he's not 100%. You know, Taron Armstead, Ryan Ramchick, they might play. They haven't practiced this week. They can play without practicing. But, like, important guys on this team are banged up. And I, I just think I think it's the right spot for the Eagles. I think they win. It's a schedule win. A schedule win. Let's go with the yeah, Saints also coming off a road game in Tennessee, a really close game, two back-to-back games on the road. The Eagles coming home. Yeah, I feel good. Really I also say this to support your point, like Trevor Simeon's been playing well, but like how long can he really hold that up? Yep. You know, I can see like a week or two of them being able to scheme around it, but you know, uh, I, I don't know if he can do it multiple weeks. Plus he's going up against the king of shutting down bad quarterbacks. Get him, JJ. You're exactly right. Get him, JJ. Look at you supporting Jim. <laughs> You've come full circle. Oh, this is fun. I didn't expect me to pick him and you not to, but it's fun when that happens. Um, yeah. All right, we'll be back uh, Saturday. Parks Picks Pod, WIP one to three, previewing the biggest game of the season. Sometimes we come in on Saturdays and we got to talk about, you know, some topic or this or that. Like we're talking Eagles Saints on Saturday. We're talking about yes. the biggest game of the season. I can't wait for it. It's going to be super fun. Um, check us out there, Elliot. Any final thoughts before we get out of here? No, I'm so wrapped up in the Eagles Saints right now that basically every thought I have is about that, and you got it. So. Look, it's, it. it's getting playoff time. We don't have time for frivolous <laughs> thoughts. Unless you have one, in which I'd love to hear it. I don't. I don't. Pod okay. announcement coming next week. Yes. Um, which is fun. It was supposed to be this week, but we pushed it back a week. Uh, My bad on that. It's yes. okay. It's okay. It's a really fun one. You guys are going to love it. I think it's going to create some good content for us. Um, and I'm excited about it. That's for damn sure. Yes. Um, I, and I know Elliot is too. All right. Um, and again, Saturday, 1 to 3 on WIP. Um, and I, I'm excited, man. I think they win on Sunday. It's going to be great. All right. Yeah, it's going to be a good day regardless. I'm excited for the game. It's going to be fun. All right, go Birds. He's Adam James. Talk to you soon.